0: United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Iraq's president has designated a former provincial governor with American citizenship as prime minister, which has drawn criticism from Iran's allies in the country amid new tensions between Washington and Tehran. That's the story in the Wall Street Journal. President Barham Salih on Tuesday tasked Adnan al zurfi with forming a government in a bid to break a political deadlock, undermining the country's ability to respond to the coronavirus outbreak and recent attacks on U.S. troops. Attacks which are being traced to Iran, which may be in retaliation for the U.S. actions against Iran and also Iran- uh, feeling that the U.S. should relieve some of the pressure of sanctions as a result of the increasing pressure on their economy, because and its people because of the coronavirus outbreak. As I said, leading into this, it's a very complicated triangle. So to help us negotiate and navigate some of that geometry, Sarhang Hamasaeed with us, director of Middle East programs at the United States Institute of Peace. He is tweeting at Sarhang S A L A R. Sarhang uh, Hamasaeed, welcome back. Thank you for being on POTUS today.
1: Uh, thank you, Tim. Good to be back.
0: Talk first about this uh, this new government, the, the the newly designated prime minister.
1: Uh, yes, uh, so as uh, you mentioned, he's a member of parliament. He is from Najaf city originally, but an American citizen. Uh, he served as the governor of uh, Najaf, one of the holy cities in Iraq. So. Uh, he's coming from the uh, Shia communities uh, that usually nominates the prime minister uh, in Iraq given the, the, that they are the majority of the population. Uh, he is coming at a very difficult time uh, because we have a caretaker government in Iraq. Um, uh, the, the, prime, uh, Karen, the sitting prime minister uh, resigned late um, uh, last year. And then uh, the, the president appointed at the end of February Mohammed Totiq Alawi, and he had 30 days to form a government. He couldn't because um, uh, he had a difficult task of forming a government that the political class would accept, uh, and that the, the demonstrators who have been on the streets since October 1 would accept. And uh, these two groups have opposing. Uh, interests where the um, uh, the people want a government and, and, and a prime minister who is not from the political class, who is not corrupt, who has not served in office uh, the, since 2003 uh, when Saddam was toppled, uh, and the political class on the other hand they want someone from within, they want to preserve their status quo and their powers and uh, access to the Iraq's economic resources. So Muhammad Alawi uh, failed at uh, uh, getting support uh, to form a government now. Uh, basically, uh, the new uh, prime Minister designate Mr. al Zorfi will face the same challenges, uh, and uh, even more, he's starting with a strong opposition from very powerful blocks uh, in the political class, uh, namely al Fateh uh, bloc, uh, which is considered to be strongly uh, affiliated or strong with strong relations with Iran. So the current prime minister designate has thirty days. And he will start uh, negotiations, but he's starting with a very uh, tough hand already.
0: And we have already seen the complication of the U.S. and Iran using Iraq as a sort of a a staging ground for attacks on one another. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm reading about uh, the the increased effect of coronavirus on Iran, where they've seen an increased number of deaths, including among the, the leadership there. And they are begging the United States or demanding that the United States lessen the pressure of sanctions. And and one wonders if, if with the U.S. having a hard line against Tehran, this is going to continue to be a problem and how that involves Iraq getting sort of caught in the middle of all this.
1: Right. So I think the uh, U.S.-Iran tensions will continue to play out uh, uh, in general between the two countries and the Middle East and uh, some specific countries in the middle east and iraq is being one of them um the iraq uh the iraqi leaders i mean you and i have spoken about this before have always uh, expressed concern that they do not want their uh, country to be the uh, battleground between the united states uh, and iran uh, whether for direct confrontation or proxy uh, confrontation and we have seen since late, uh, 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 specifically since late 2019 and in the past few months, how actually there has been direct action uh, on the Iraqi soil by uh, uh, it, it basically um, uh, the armed groups affiliated with Iran attacking uh, uh, U.S. facilities, military and uh, civilian. And the U.S. Are retaliating and then basically turning into a cycle of tit for tat. And uh, it has, there has been some escalation in the fa- past few days. So the Iraqi, that concern has become a reality where you have these confrontations. It has been controlled so far, but um, uh, the militias have publicly committed. To, they want the U.S. out uh, of Iraq the U.S. military presence. And the U.S. has also stated publicly that they will retaliate, they will not tolerate attacks. So and the Iraqi government is caught in between. Um, On the one hand, it has not been able to stop these attacks. And on the other hand, it has been embarrassed by uh, U.S. attacks because it considers those to be a violation of its sovereignty and uh, the agreement between the United States uh, and Iraq for the presence of the U.S. troops to be focused on fighting ISIS, not other attacks.
0: Sarhang Hamasaid with us, Director of Middle East Programs at the United States Institute of Peace. I want to quote something to you from foreign policy where Robert Molly, who was a former special assistant to the Middle East for under President Barack Obama and Ali Vase, who was a pro- uh, uh, professor at georgetown university are writing that the confluence of a coronavirus pandemic security threats and financial troubles has deepened the political system's legitimacy crisis in the wake of last month's parliamentary elections that saw the lowest turnout in the islamic republic's history washington might view this as a validation of its so-called maximum pressure strategy against tehran but if it fails to capitalize on this moment to de-escalate tensions and lay the groundwork for a mutually beneficial diplomatic settlement the leadership in Tehran is likely to become more aggressive in the region, increasing the risk of a conflict that neither side appears to want. How would you respond to that thought?
1: Well, um, I mean, there is uh, th- that's a scenario. Uh, it's true that uh, even before the coronavirus, uh, the, uh, the, the indicators were clear that the Iranian system and the Iranian people were hurting under, under the severe U.S. sanctions. Um, and uh, uh, the Iran has committed and stated publicly, and they have acted on that, on the threat that they will not drown, or they will take down others in the region with them. And they have staged attacks on, uh, or supported attacks on Saudi Arabia and the, the UAE and ships uh, in, in the Gulf and all of that. Uh, now that the country is going into a more desperate measure, uh, I think the paths are open. Will they actually? Uh, then be more open to dialogue and try to relieve the pressure on themselves that's coming from the economic pressure from the uh, isolation and now uh, with all the challenges that corona brings so that's one possibility but there's also uh, from what i hear uh, there's strong view at least in some corners in the political um, system in Iran where they say actually iran's achievements uh, in at the regional level uh, strong influence in iraq and lebanon and Syria and Yemen should not be given up. And these are actually the leverages that will still keep Iran strong. Uh, So I think we do not quite yet know what's the net effect uh, of all of this and where uh, all these effects will land. Uh, But uh, I think all these, with any crisis, comes also opportunities. And uh, um, uh, again, something you and I also discussed in January in the post Soleimani strike uh, I'm sure backdoor uh, diplomacy is working, it's trying, but probably all countries involved uh, in this are probably more inwardly focused, at uh, dealing with their own coronavirus situation. But uh, I do hope that uh, these unfortunate challenges would still come with some opportunities.
0: the well, last question. Has there been any sense? I, I see different reports about whether or not demonstrations are continuing or whether they are lessening in Iraq uh, there's one story that says that protesters stand firm, saying corruption's worse than ever. They're going out there despite coronavirus. Others that say that they're on the wane. What's, what's your sense of this right now?
1: So the demonstrators have been um, under a lot of pressure uh, coming from the political class, from violence directed at them, and also a lot of tactics of torture and intimidation. So the, the numbers on any given day has been fluctuating and probably unbalanced going down a little bit, but they changed tactics. Instead of having always hundreds of thousands on the street, uh, they have been using specific days like Fridays or Tuesdays to call on uh, all schools, on all uh, uh, syndicates and unions uh, to come out. And uh, so in those ways, they have maintained uh, their strength in showing that the spirit of the demonstration is still strong. And when they want to increase numbers on the streets, they can. Uh, so that the, uh, and uh, the fact is that the coronavirus has uh, now changed those dynamics where the Iraqi government and the Kurdistan regional government uh, in the north have imposed uh, restrictions and movement closed down the border and imposed curfews in, in, in different parts of the country. So those have definitely their own effect. And the, the demonstrators, a good number of them have gone home as a result of those measures or out of pre- abundance of precautions related to the coronavirus, because Iraq has 154 cases and 11 fatalities as of yesterday. Um, so that will have an effect. I think the spirit of, the op- uh, of that demonstration will continue. Um, And uh, so far, uh, the changes that they have brought about, forcing a government to resign, asking for a new government, continues with the designation of Mr. Adnan al And the challenge ahead is now to complete the election law that is on the table and that is bound to change balance of power in Iraq should it proceed as is between the um, the, the people and the state and also um, um, among the different Iraqi communities. Uh, that is the big challenge ahead for the, uh, if the new government is formed, to run those elections, hold perpetrators uh, of violence against the, uh, against the demonstrators accountable. Uh, no easy task at all with the economic crisis that Iraq is facing due to drop in oil prices and coronavirus now.
0: Sarang Hamasaid, thank you as always. Thanks for being on. Thank you, thank you. Sarang Hamaseed, Director of Middle East Programs at the United States Institute of Peace, The Complicated Geometry, again. United States, Iraq, Iran, trying to make sense of it all, tweeting at Sarhang, S-A-R-H-A-N-G-S-A-L-A-R. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.